In a recent report on CNBC, they showed that over half of young people feel depressed and hopeless today. What about you, my friend? How are you coping with all of the issues that are happening around the world? Well, on today's podcast, we're going to be looking at Galatians 6 and seeing how we as a Christian can live a life of hope. So turn to Galatians chapter 6 and let's get into it. Thanks for joining us on Stand Strong in the Word podcast with author, speaker, and worldview expert, Jason Jimenez. Stand Strong in the Word podcast is devoted to walking listeners through the Bible in a fresh and powerful way. We pray your spirit is nourished as you gain new perspectives and a renewed appreciation for God's Word. Now, here's Jason Jimenez. Hey there, my friends. I pray that you guys are blessed, that you are standing strong in your faith. As we dive into Galatians chapter 6, let me just reiterate something. Most of us probably listening to this podcast are dealing with some form of anxiety, whether it's manifesting itself in a lack of sleep, which has been me since post-COVID, and it has definitely um, affected me in my thinking, clarity, uh, sometimes with mood swings, and it can cause you to feel depressed. Perhaps maybe there are things happening in your marriage or as I was talking to a friend recently, he says, I stay up at night or I wake up in the middle of the night and I start worrying about my kids, about how we're going to pay for this or what decisions are they going to make about that? Are they really going to make the right decision and how is that going to pan out in the future? So whatever it is, there's no doubt in my mind that as we come to this passage on today's podcast, that we are all dealing with a form of hopelessness in our life. And we would all say as Christians that we are, as followers of Jesus Christ, as children of God, we have hope in our lives. I was just in the gym recently sharing Christ with a, a young individual, and he was talking about all the woes and all the issues that are happening in the world. And I agreed with his assessment that yes, these are dangerous times that we are living in and we are to be concerned and to be prayerful. Of course, you know, he's not a man of prayer. And so he just was nodding his head. And I paused as I was about to leave, you know, after the discussion was pretty much wrapped up. And I've shared Christ with this guy several times before. And I just turned to him and I said, but I want to say something. My hope is in the Lord not in this world. And he looked at me and he got a smile on his face and he, he says, agreed, agreed, agreed. So we're making progress with him. But the point is, you know, his hope is in the world nonetheless because he doesn't have faith in God. Now, it doesn't, that doesn't mean that he doesn't believe that there is a God, but the question is, is what is the God that he believes in? And so be praying for this dear uh, friend of mine who doesn't know Jesus as his Lord and Savior. So he, in, in an eternal state, is hopeless. He has not received Christ as his Lord and Savior. But those listening to the sound of my voice right now, and you have accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior. And as we talked about this podcast, as we've looked through the book of James, and we looked you know, in earlier passages in Galatians, especially in Galatians chapter 5, we talked about the indwelling of the Holy Spirit and being uh, in step, walking in step with the Holy Spirit. I was reading my devotions this morning in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, and as Paul was 
praying that the Thessalonians will walk in a manner worthy of the gospel. That's a prayer that he he prayed uh, repeatedly in his letters to the church. And that's where you and I stand. We know that to be true, that we're to walk worthy, that we are children of hope. But having said all that, we as human beings in this fallen state, we have an enemy. We live in a fallen world. And we are depraved individuals. This body of tent, right? This body of flesh, this body of death. We have doubts. Many of us are dealing with afflictions. There are infirmities. There are things that torment us at night. There's spiritual warfare. There's an enemy. Again, I refer back to scripture in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, where Paul referred that Satan tried to hinder their work of the gospel. And that word carries idea of a military unit destroying a road to prevent their enemies from accessing it to make their job more difficult. And that's what Satan does. And so we have these challenges, these trials, these temptations that we face on a constant basis. There is no off season for a Christian. We are soldiers, but we do grow weary while doing good. We do uh, come to a place in our lives where we lack faith or we fall into sin and we kind of just give up. And as I mentioned in our previous podcast, perhaps you are in a place where you've tossed in the towel, you've given up, or you feel like you, you, you weren't serving the Lord anyway, you weren't serving any good purpose, and so why bother? So I hope that today's message, you guys, as we continue here in verses 9 through 10, when we talk about not losing heart, that this will encourage you and strengthen you as you stand strong in God's word. I need this message as much as any one of you listening right now. I want you to know that. So we're in this together as we study God's word together. So let me just bring up to speed where we talked about sowing to the spirit. And this is so vitally important. In the beginning of this chapter, it's about giving, being generous, meeting the needs of people around you. Verse six, he says, let the one who has taught the word share in all good things. So as we take on the burdens of others in a gentle way, in a spirit of gentleness, or as Paul, again, I go back to first Thessalonians chapter two, where he refers his ministry and he's talking about his ministry among the Thessalonians, that he was a man of integrity, that he came to them in the gentleness of an infant child. And he came to them as a nursing mother, a, a you know, a, a nurturing mother. So that's very gentle. If you see a mother caring for their baby child, of course, my wife and I have four kids. So every time God bless us with another child, and I, and I watch and observe my wife nurturing that young, precious child, there's nothing like it. And that's how Paul measured his ministry. And so we see in Galatians 6, that same gentle spirit as he conveyed and, and demonstrated to the Thessalonians that he bestowed upon the Galatians. And we are challenged as Christians to do the same. And so in verse six through eight, we are to sow to the spirit so we don't reap corruption. We are to live bountiful lives. And so if we're fixated on things of the world, or as verse seven says, do not perceive God is not mocked for whatever one sows that will he also reap. There are people out there, Christians, my friends, who believe that they can get away with certain things in life because it's no big deal. But that's not true. In God's economy, 
God, who has created the heavens and the earth, God, who is the uncaused first cause, our eternal father, this is what he's set forth. There are good things and there are bad things. There are good consequences and bad consequences. We cannot change that. We can't say infidelity is actually a good thing. We can't say that cheating on your spouse, uh, you know, abusing children or stealing from those people who've worked hard for something, that's, those are good. You may feel good in the moment of taking something, the pleasure of something, but that lasts but a moment. And even in that pleasurable desire, there will be inserted the moment in which you commit that act, your conscience, that you're filled with guilt. There will be shamed and there will be consequences as a result. It will affect you. It will hurt you and those who love you and those who you love. I mean, I've spent half of my life counseling people pastorally and dealing with a lot of marriage crisis situations. And sadly, with men who have, you know, cheated or even dealing with a couple where the wife uh, cheated and then they both start cheating on each other, whatever. And it's just shameful and just the sobbing. I mean, there's some things I can never get out of my mind of hearing how people just have mourned uh, or begged their partner to to bring them back, to restore the marriage, that they'll do anything, that it was foolish of them to do what they did. So you guys, sin, there are consequences. And that's what Paul presented, he, this agricultural principle of sowing and reaping to underscore the power of making right decisions. And so as we make right decisions, as we sow to the Spirit, we will not grow weary. And as we're going to look today now, we will not lose heart. So notice what he says in verse 9. He says, let us not grow weary of doing good. For in due season, we will reap if we do not give up. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, especially to those who are of the household of faith. Now, I want us to stop here today because even though this is such a short passage, it is so needed that, that mean the, the, the topic at hand, the discussion. Because as I mentioned, more and more of us are battling sleepless nights. More and more of us are having marital problems. More and more of us are having prodigal children. More and more of, of us are facing violence in our communities and in our schools. And more and more of us are seeing young generation, as I just came out of a conference not too long ago, where kids are questioning their sexuality or, or referring to themselves as non-binary. And they deny a male and female representative of humanity. And you see this growing confusion and you guys, and it just, even if you just spend some time on social media studying and investigating what they put out, there's this like almost this need for attention, you know, to, for people to, to support who they believe they are, what their identity is. And a lot of people are losing heart they are becoming de more depressed because they're not looking to Christ. They're not looking to Jesus as Savior to forgive them of their sins. Could you imagine every day living a life without asking Christ for forgiveness, without talking to your Creator, without connecting with Him personally, having that oneness? That's sad, isn't it? And so here we see that a healthy and abundant harvest takes time. So perhaps right now you have, and I, in full-time ministry, there are times where 
you know, you're plowing away and, and you don't feel like you're getting the results or you're investing in a child. As I was talking to one of my men in my men's group and he just, you know, constantly having these conversations with one of his kids and doesn't seem like he's getting through. So a healthy and abundant harvest takes time. So I want you to know that it doesn't happen overnight. And similarly, when you look at a person in their spiritual state, yourself included, spiritual fruit requires hard work and patience to see the results. So see Paul, and I love this about him, that he understood that the Galatians, they were growing weary. They were frustrated with the challenges that came as a result of their newfound faith in Christ. And that's what we have to understand, you guys, is nowhere in Scripture with this prosperity gospel will it be easy. That you just pray a prayer like a vending machine, you pop some money in and it comes out every time God answers your prayer. So there's a motivation that we have in receiving this reward down the road not to lose heart. It will come. One of the great things I, I love that speaks to this as an illustration is players who finally make the Hall of Fame. Finally make the Hall of Fame. And just the tears in their eyes and just just dreaming of this day to come to, to be recognized finally by the their critics, players, and also being, you know, represented in a class, right, of iconic figures, like you finally arrived. Like that's the final achievement to your career. And that is so true here with what Paul is saying is even though we're, we're, we're frustrated, the reward will come, my friends. So don't lose heart. Paul told the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 15, 58, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord, your labor is not in vain. So then he says here in verse 10, so then as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone. Isn't that interesting? See, the other thing, as we looked in the previous passage in the last podcast, when we we're looking at verses six through eight, you have to sow to the spirit. So ask yourself, how are you sowing to the spirit? What are the consequences that you're living out in your life based on your labor? Because if it's always consequences, if you're always arguing, if you are not patient, if you're impatient rather, and you go into attack mode, how's that gonna look in your relationships? Are there going to be people that you can count on? No, because they don't think that you care enough for them because the way that you treat them, the way that you talk to them, you talk down to them. It's like I talk about my Challenging Conversations book. You know, you have those avoiders where they can give the impression because they're embarrassed or uncomfortable or intimidated. They don't say anything. So you give off the impression that you don't care. You do. You just don't know how to go about talking about, you know, a controversial topic at hand. But more specifically are the aggressors, the people who shoot people down, who mock and criticize, who talk away your point of view, who think you're ridiculous because you hold to that view. And they don't care to listen. They want you to listen to them. So you certainly can have those kind of people and they can blow people off or blow um, off their responsibility to take the opportunity to do good to everyone. So as you sow to the spirit, you also have to take opportunity. So sowing to the spirit will prevent you from growing weary and taking the opportunity to do good, to serve others around you, because see, isn't that part of the problem? You remove yourself. I'm no good. Nobody cares about me. I don't have those spiritual gifts. So you don't serve. 
you're not taking the opportunity. You're sitting there complaining or waiting for a, a big opportunity to come. So you dismiss these other ones. No, because remember what we're talking about here is this agricultural illustration about what you have to cultivate the soil plant and maintain it. And, it, and you're not going to plant in the next morning. Boom, there it is. There's all the fruit. It takes time. And so we are, as the scripture says in 1 Corinthians 15, 58, we know that in the Lord, your labor is not in vain. So if you're serving God, you're sowing to the spirit. And when you take opportunity to do good, it's to honor the Lord, to love him with all of your heart and to love your neighbor as yourself. So Paul turns the Galatians attention away from the Judaizers. Stop focusing on what they're telling you to do. They're just burdening you. Remember, they're, they're, they're burdened leaders. They're bondage leaders. They're not encouraging you to care and to serve others without limit. They have limitations. I love what the famous preacher John Wesley said, quote, do all the good you can in all the ways you can to all the people you can as long as ever you can, end quote. So as Christians, again, there is no off-season when it comes to spiritual warfare, and there's no off-season when it comes to serving. The word opportunity here denotes the proper or planned time to cultivate and plant crops in the field. Isn't that interesting? See, I found that a lot of Christians, myself included, when I look at all the years of following Jesus Christ, and I look at all the mistakes or all the times I, I, I did plan without the blessing of God, or I would talk to God, but I wouldn't take the initiative. Here, when we take the opportunity to do good to everyone, especially those of the household of faith, so notice our primary responsibility is to care for those who are fellow believers, okay? So again, ask yourself, how are you serving people around you that follow Jesus Christ. The sad reality, especially post-COVID or as we're still facing COVID, but since we've had two plus years as I'm recording this to the issues of COVID that it's done to the church, you've seen a lot of people not come back. Now, I think a lot of those people weren't true followers of Jesus Christ. I think obviously a lot of them are quenching the Holy Spirit and they're certainly not taking opportunity to serve one another, especially the household of faith. So in a way, it's kind of a good thing. Now, obviously the bad side is, is well, you want people to be plugged into the church so they can, you know, have accountability and that we can stir up love and good works together. But specifically what Paul's saying here is stop focusing on what the Judaizers are telling you to do and have a proper planned time to cultivate. So we can grow weary because we don't strategize. We don't make the time to invest strategically every year. You can say, well, Jay, it's easier for you. You're you know, a speaker, writer, you know, pastor, you go, you know, so you plan these things, you know, it's your job. And yeah, that's, that's true. But when I look at my full-time job, if you will, and my role as a father, husband, a Christian in my local church, my wife and I sit down and we plan the year of how to serve, where to give, you know, what, what are some needs that maybe are now coming up halfway in the year that we didn't know about? We want to be sensitive to that. So it's not just me planning out books and podcasts and speaking and traveling, that sort of thing. And yes, my job is to advance the gospel as it's your job. And we have different roles and responsibilities. We're different members. We have different gifts. But we come together because we're the household of faith and we are to do good to one another. But I have to strategize. I have to plan. And that's what Paul's stressing. The same applies to you. 
Paul stressing the need for Christians to seize the opportunity to sow into the life of others. And if we do plan that way accordingly, we will reap a harvest of good works. So if you're not reaping, ask yourself what kind of faith or lack thereof that you have in God. Yes, what does your prayer life look like? Are you sowing to the Spirit? Remember, when we pray, we are to pray in the Spirit. When we do good works, that's in the Spirit. When we are to be patient and when we do extend kindness and self-control, that is in the Spirit. Remember, it's the byproduct of the Spirit of love. And so if you're not doing those things, you're not sowing to the Spirit. You're sowing to the flesh. You'll reap corruption. And so if there's anxiety, if there is a, a, a lostness, if there's a hopelessness, if you are not motivated to serve the Lord, if you're not taking opportunity to minister, and again, I'm not saying because you were pressured or you're just complying to an order that was given down by uh, leadership at your church or whatever the case may be, or you're trying to show off and you're trying to be goody-goody with certain people. And so you're giving for the wrong reasons. You're serving for the wrong reasons. No, this is a proper and planned time to cultivate and plant crops in the field, meaning you know your job. You will use your skill set that the Holy Spirit has given you, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 11, and it's for his honor and for his glory. 1 Corinthians 1, 29, we know that no flesh will boast in the presence of God, so it's not about us. 1 Corinthians 3, verses uh, 4 and following, we see that the work that we do the field is the, is the Lord's. We are his workers and he will do the work through us. And so as we come to the household of faith, I want you guys to ask yourself again, faith, your, how, how, how faithful you are in the, in the Lord, your prayer life, are you sowing to the spirit? And what type of opportunity are you intentionally taking to cultivate and plant crops in the field? I remember that's spiritual language, Okay. What are you doing to invest in advancing the kingdom? How are you helping the household of faith? Now, certainly that is not just pertaining to your local church. This is measuring the universal church. How are you ministering to people who are fellow brethren? How are you meeting their needs? Recently, my wife and I were just evaluating the needs around us. Who's struggling in their marriages? Who have we ran into, let's say, unexpectedly at church that's lonely? As I talked to one man who wanted to talk to me after one of the services and was just sharing with me a, a desire that he has to serve more. And so I pointed him into the direction as I encouraged him and kind of gave him some scripture advice, scriptural advice, and motivate him to talk to some of the leadership to let them know that these are spiritual gifts, these are desires that the Holy Spirit has given him and to trust the Lord that he will use him in those, in those ways. And I don't know the end result, but he was encouraged. I mean, to me, that maybe have not seemed to be a whole lot, but you know what it is? Somebody, you know, they can't afford to pay rent or they lost their job or they're sick or they had surgery. Or they have a child who came out gay and they're embarrassed and they're struggling. They don't know what to say and how to deal with it. And you can come to them and you can aid them and support them and help them. Recently, I had a friend on Challenging Conversations podcast show talking about mental illness. And one of the things we talked about is just being a friend. 
You know, you don't have to be their counselor. Just be a trusted, reliable, gentle, caring friend. And so, guys, as you look at your life and you're feeling hopeless, you have to look at uh, your life in the sense, too, of saying, who is taking the opportunity to minister to you? Who's cultivating a life of hopefulness in your life? Who is investing and bearing fruit in the relationship that they have with you? If you don't have that, why don't you pray? Let me pray as we close right now that if you're feeling hopeless and whatever you're doing, if you have to pause this and you get out of the car or you're at the gym, whatever, just take the moment and let me pray over uh, all of our uh, faithful listeners to this podcast. Lord Jesus, I do pray. As we examine, Lord, our own hearts before you, Father, I pray that you would convict us. Lord, the hopelessness that is infecting all of us God, I just pray that you would surround us with people of the household of faith, loving and caring brothers and sisters in Christ, true disciples of Christ who will come alongside of uh, all of us, each one of us, and to care for our needs. And I pray, Lord, we will do the same, that we will not neglect those opportunities. Lord, whoever who is listening and praying with me right now that has grown weary and has given up, or they're losing heart, they're losing hope, Father, that they would be encouraged and motivated and strengthened through the power of your Holy Spirit to go out there to do the work that you've called them to do. We pray this in your precious and glorious name, amen. I pray that's a blessing to you guys. I appreciate your faithful listening. If you have a prayer request, if you have a question, theological one, an apologetic one, you can send that at info at standstrongministries.org. And by the way, you could check out our main website, standstrongministries.org, and we have all kinds of information, biblical worldview resources, my books, articles, videos, including if you want to do a 30-day challenge, we have a plan that I did with the Benham brothers, Jason and David Benham, called the I Will Stand Strong 30-Day Devotion Reading. And that's an intense one-month training in God's word where you learn about loving God, standing strong in his word and loving those around you. So I encourage you guys to go to standstrongministries.org and check out that U version plan or you can go to iwillstandstrong.org. Until next time, keep standing strong my friends. For more information on Jason Jimenez and Stand Strong Ministries, visit us at standstrongministries.org. Thank you for listening and keep standing strong in the Word of God.